think we're ready to move on. Are we ready? To to, our, I think we are ready to move on. For our draft. A draft. What are, what are we drafting? We're drafting our crew. So here's the way it's going to work. Andy has a randomizer wheel. We will soon find out the order of the pick. We are doing what I learned an hour, two and a half hours ago is called a snake draft. Where the first pick goes first, then the second pick, then the third pick, and then the third pick again, then the second pick, then the first pick. And then we do that all over again, folks. Did Mel Kuyper Jr. just enter the <laughs> studio? <laughs> so, are you ready for, let's announce the picks, Mr. Silver. Yeah, what's, the, what's our picking order? Draw them out of the hat. Lottery time. All right. First pick. It's spinning. <laughs> that, it's me. <laughs> this is so rigged. God damn it. Okay. Second I'm not going to agree with your picks anyway. So Second pick is Sam. <gasps> oh, man. Come on. You get two in a row. You get, two of, the, you get two of the top four, Rachel. Okay. Okay, okay Andy. Let's draft. So we're drafting four people in our crew. Yep. So that'd be four rounds. Yeah. Let's, I gotta, keep, it a, let's keep it a little snappy. A little snappy? Uh, so I'm just Clive Owen. He's batting a thousand. Okay. Yeah. Clive Owen, inside man. That's a great pick, partially because I'm, I'm worried a little bit about some of these people some of the top picks how they play with others a lot of character dynamics to keep in mind yeah and clive owen was able to successfully kind of operate a crew as but while also being the leader yeah i like his numbers from the combine (laughs) (laughs) okay sam i I mean success i don't know how much i want to put in success rate it's a great this is tough this is very tough um I guess um, I'm going with uh, Stefan Wah. Okay. Yeah, they were I neck and neck for me. He, his ability to be the leader of a crew is huge. His calmness under pressure. Who? Do it. Do it. And uh, yeah. Okay, Not, I'm next. Uh, my first pick is uh, Brad Pitt, Rusty. Yep. Oceans. That job's going be. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really doing this based on effectiveness. I'm mostly trying to make... I'm not trying to... Well, we didn't talk about this. My crew is about making a movie, not robbing a bank. But, but in order for the movie to be good, they have to successfully rob the bank. Okay, fine. But yeah, it's, it's, it's Brad Pitt. Because he is, like, they, the people really do look up to him. As you find out in Ocean's 12. Yeah, they do. They, I did learn that in Ocean's 12. So Ocean's 12 was good for something. Second pick. My second pick is Peter O'Toole. Mm. If he could stay crooked. This is, a, this is mostly about, I mean, my whole list is mostly about hotness. But can you Those imagine eyes. Brad Pitt and Peter O'Toole together? in a crew in a movie oh my god i die i die but it's because he he brings a lot of the thought out methodicalness to sort of wrangle 
Brad Pitt's manic, not manic, but his like speed and sort of agility and stuff like that. I think that they would work very well together and they would be so beautiful. Next. It's you. Oh, I know you already picked two. Yeah. Uh, it's me. Um, I want to pick Pierce Brosnan. I think it would be, it's going to be a, a hard time getting him to work with others. Yeah. He's a, he works alone. But I think if anyone can do it, it's Tony Stephanois. <laughs> you eat him for breakfast, Sam. <laughs> Has he... he even been in a fight? Brosnan? Yeah. Well, maybe he's not there to be the muscle. He's not, no, he's not the muscle. He's, he's the suave. He's the suave. Uh, and you can't plan for all these things yes yes you can that's the whole point of a heist movie is you plan for everything (laughs) uh yeah i just think it's also he's like the he's the in a lot of ways actually he's the uh bruce wayne of the heist world kind of works alone self-funded he'll be the funding behind the whole operation that's my pick. I got probably have no competition for this one, but I think I'm going Luke Wilson. Oh God. I was just no. thinking about that. <laughs> I've got a uh, Kevin Klein from fish called Wanda. Cause Ugh. you can't kill him. He's unkillable. Shakespearean Jim Carrey. Oh God! Wait, I mean, the what? man gets run over by a steamroller <laughs> and is then climbing on the side of an airplane a few minutes later. So he, okay, you pick the, co- the cockroach. That's lovely. I want someone that indestructible on my team. Okay. And your next pick? Oh, I no. get two in a row. No, he yes, does not. Do. Wait, what? No, I get the next pick, and then I get the one after that. Sam, one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three, three, two, one. Oh, okay. I guess he gets an answer. Ooh, la, la. Okay, fine. Got some ideas here. Important. I like the gumption of Owen Wilson from bottle rocket you want Jesus someone with that Christ. much heart and you want someone if things go wrong and they almost always do you want to be able to stick it all on somebody this movie is quickly turning into a farce nothing wrong with that <laughs> i'm not going to jail <laughs> and owen wilson seems more than willing and ready to do that he's, he's, on, he's on his way already <laughs> Before the movie even starts. Uh, okay. And it's mine. So. Hmm. I think I, think I need a team player. Someone who's very willing to follow directions. He's got a lot of heart. I'm going to go Ving Rhames from Out of Sight. I have a lot of strong personalities right now. 
and I need I need someone who's who just get, get gets what needs to be done done. Okay. Um, I similarly have some, I need somebody who will focus on the details, who won't try to steal the spotlight, who seems to know everything, but yet also doesn't really like does everything, but, and knows everything, but really is perfectly happy to take a back seat occasionally to some of my larger personalities and sort of forces of nature. So I'm going to pick Arthur from Inception. A little JGL. Also beautiful. Also breaks up the Aryan nation that I'm starting with my, <laughs> this one of my next pick. Because my last pick is Elizabeth Debicki from Widows. That's a good one. So get this movie. Elizabeth Debicki from Widows. Peter O'Toole. Brad Pitt. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, come on. It's like... Tell me if those are not the most beautiful people. The man from Uncle. It's pretty great. Elizabeth Debicki is there for, um, she seems to be very good at thinking, she does get shot. I mean, we have to keep that in mind. But she is pretty good at thinking on her feet. She's, she's, a good glue, she's a good glue person. She tends to sort of bridge big personalities um, in a very effective way because she's kind of the Viola Davis whisperer in that movie. Um, and I just, I just think she's come a long way. And she's gorgeous. And I just want her in this movie of beautiful people. So those are my picks. I mean, come on. I'm, I feel great about this. The only thing I would have changed was ideally I would have had Clive Owen on my team. I had that as a list. But otherwise, I pretty much got everyone I wanted. I think this is a hard one. And I'm going to go Carl Reiner. Hmm. His saw bloom. ability to get anywhere and his impressions and his transformations are without equal. He's also someone who we know is not afraid of standing up to the authority figures in the group. Um, I, I just think he's, he's, the, he's, he's the, not the wild card, but he's kind of the, the, the handyman in a weird way. Okay. And I want, I want a female crew member. There's an element of Mark manipulate Lamarck. Wait, that's it. His name's <laughs> Lamarck, you guys. Whoa. There's a element of Mark manipulation that, um, you know, is you're missing if you don't have a femme fatale on your Carl Reiner is my femme on your, fatale <laughs> on your side. Um, I I'm thinking Jamie Lee Curtis, but do oh, I get good. to in in she's, in the universe of my crew? She's such a wild card, though. Does do that? Does she have the baggage with Kevin Klein? Is that entailed or? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're choosing, if you're choosing two people from the same movie, then they have they, the same. They have, they have, have baggage. Yeah, I guess I'll say Charlize then. Okay. Maybe there's some safes on, on the show. Charlize, <laughs> stump the Charlize. 
<laughs> not with a safe. Not not, not. Cynthia Revo. That was that was my that was I was debating between Cynthia Revo and and Carl Reiner. Carl. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> I think she has a lot of unfulfilled potential. Also, like that was just her first heist. She did it beautifully, but she's got ways to go in the heist world. Who else were some of your and the next My honorable munchies? Yeah. Honorable munchies. Uh, monk, not monk. Wants really? tech skills. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, the bucket of sweat. Ben Kingsley? No. Me? I, well, I didn't pick him, but crossed was, my mind. I feel like I want more. Like, Ben Kingsley's such a wild card. He is the definition of wild card. I think maybe De Niro. Just good. Yeah. Good batting average. I was average. actually, maybe even Val Kilmer. What? Who's batting average? Val- He's look. Don't underestimate. He's not going back to jail. He has a really nice house. But they're not actually stealing anything. I mean, he has to get that right. house somehow. But I'm, I mean, I'm talking before heat. Pre-heat. I guess. Yeah, but heat is what we bro. have. If we're, if we're talking batting average, and heat is for successful, actually successful heists. I, if you're not going back to jail, that's a pretty big motivator. I want that type of heart on my. That's not a team player. On my team. I, I find it very interesting I didn't that pick we picked. Them. We're just talking honorable mentions here. None mm. of us picked any George Clooney characters, well, which I find is very interesting. In light of the fact that he is all over these movies in very big roles, well, but yet, he's he's kind of a straight man. Yeah. No, I just, I just, I just think it's interesting. That's all I'm saying. He's not he's not a fun pick. He's not a fun pick. Okay, Andy. Okay, boomer. <laughs> the next category is not a category at all, in fact. It's the whole reason why we do this podcast. It's the best movie I ever saw. I said it's gonna be the opposite of the of the last step. It's gonna we're gonna be different. It's possible. I'm Trying to figure out what mine is right now. I know. I'm actually kind of torn. This was a lot harder than the last one. I know certainty what mine is, but um, yeah, it was a much more open and shut case for the last episode. This. Why don't don't you go first? Yeah. So the best heist I ever saw is The Killing. How could I deny a Stanley Kubrick movie? Um, This has so much of what I want, you know, and it's so... One, I mean, is there a better 86-minute movie? I love it so eternally for that. Um, I mean, it's so it's it's so clever. It's so tight. It's got that... Oh, gosh. I'm going to back up. It's got that pulpiness <laughs> that I, I want. Enunciated. It's got that... It's got some good roots, you know. <laughs> so from the... I appreciate stuff that comes out of orange juice. I appreciate something being an industry standard bearer, and this is the nonlinear crime movie par excellence. I love my so I talked about this last episode in a very less applicable way, but this is the um, or this is an ex- another example of like the going back and doing a thing or going back and showing you the thing. 
Um, so that, that shot that he repeats, which is the very first shot of the film, of the racetrack, and then whatever that contraption is, that like the horses, that like crane thing that you see repeated yeah, like a couple corral of times. Thing. Yeah. Um, Sterling Hayden is just so, so good. You mentioned it, Sam, the money. I don't, I don't know if there's like a better moment in any of these movies for me of the, of the money going everywhere on the, on the racetrack or not the racetrack on the tarmac. Um, I love, you know, it's not like a, like a national monument type mark, but like the kind of campiness, pulpiness of the racetrack as the mark they're assassinating a horse in this movie, <laughs> which is just so ridiculous. Um, and I, I was describing it to, to my students recently and why, what I what really helps me connect with it is a nostalgia factor too. It feels so much like a feature length twilight zone episode. There's nothing, um, supernatural of, about it, of course, but from the twist to, I guess the cop, I was like, it's black and white. So that kind of makes it feel like a Twilight Zone episode. And it's from the, um, the 15, it's from that milieu. And it's like, it's a similar type of men in it. The shot to, or the, when they, when they cut to the, the horseshoe that, um, you know, foils the getaway of the marksman that feels very Twilight Zone. The money obviously at the very end is very Twilight Zone. Um, that just really speaks to me. A lot. Uh, the one fault of it, I would say, is the very cheesy um, voiceover narration by Art Gilmore. And it's so appropriate. I found out recently that um, that was a studio note. So the, there's an interesting production history of the film the test screenings, the movie did very poorly in general, and the test screenings were pretty rough, and they made Kubrick do a linear cut, and that made things even worse. So then they went back to the nonlinear cut, and then they also made Kubrick put in the voiceover, which he was um, obviously pretty cheesed about. And if you know anything about sort of the trajectory of his career, he is sort of maniacal in the... Um, production of his films and that like he doesn't really let anybody else do anything you know he's there aren't that many people who are like their screenwriter their cinematographer their producer their director um, and everything so I'm sure that kind of had a pretty significant impression on him from the start this being his first film with a like legitimate film crew and production crew um, the fact that they had to have him go back and put in that voiceover um, it, it's just, it feels like an episode of Gunsmoke. It's, there's just something so like hokey and like fifties about it. Um, yeah. I was thinking about it today. It kind of made me really Jones for, um, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. And I felt Totes. all, so all warm and fuzzy. Um, yeah, this is so great. I, it, and the, whether it's implied or not, the, the, the connection or at least the visual connection to the dark night where that clown mask that Sterling Hayden puts on during the robbery, I feel like has to be a pretty overt reference to the masks they're wearing in the cold opening of the dark night, which is like 
maybe just the best heist movie ever is the first <laughs> 10 minutes of The Dark Knight. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. But, I, but that, was, oh, that would have been a burning question. God. Oh, uh, well... That was my that was my shadow burning question. I was going to throw it in at the end, anyways, but it felt more organic here. I just love this movie so much, and I love Stanley Kubrick so much, and just yeah. I thought oh, you I, were going to say that your criticism was the the race stuff, like not race like horses, race like black and white. Um, the part with the black like attendant. I don't think that's a age a matter of it aging poorly i feel like that's just very true to yeah. the dynamic and the time period it just seems so glaring and i guess the part that doesn't age well is that it's like it's just left there you know what i mean it's, there's like no like thought about it treatment of it um i do i agree it's a great movie i did sleep through a lot of it um <laughs> wasn't my it's not the movie's fault but we talked earlier about the gender stuff in that movie that's just so hilarious and kind of wonderful and such a product of its time that like the 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 good girl her first line is like whatever you want is great with me and, <laughs> and she stays that way through the whole time except for i love that at the end she's actually pretty useful she's like pretty she's not she's not being dragged around that airport she's being very go get him about getting that cab and stuff like that and i like that she's not dumb about what she's getting herself into like she knows that he's like a criminal and is like stealing things and she just says like i just love you um so she's a she's a combination of like docile for the time but also pretty intelligent but the uh the like comically ridiculously like, I just love it. Big dollar sign where a hut's supposed to be. <laughs> I love it when a character is both like sluttier, less pretty, but also you know, like, it's just like such like a it's such like a interesting combination. Yeah, the women stuff in it is very tricksy, but um, I agree. There might not be much nuance to what I have to say, but I, I didn't say anything about the the absolute ending. The 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 ending not to confuse it with the money going everywhere but the the closing shots of the the two agents or officers approaching the camera with uh sterling hayden like it's like a certain sterling hayden's pov um oh so so good um and just the the way with which he turns to the um the actress and is like oh like whatever What's the point? Yeah, that is good. Sam, what are your thoughts on the killing? It's really, and we'll get into this in burning questions, kind of. Most of what the ta- it's take most of its take on a heist movie is the opposite of what I enjoy about heist movies. Um, like I don't I don't like as much when they're just a bunch of amateurs, which this movie very much is like the, the, the heist crew. Um, it's, I mean, there's some cleverness, but the job, the heist itself, I don't actually find that appealing or compelling. Um, I don't know. It was not, not one of my faves, but I also, yeah, I don't know. Just was not, it, it was helpful because it clarified for me what I think of it's, it was very good at telling me what I actually think a heist movie should be like what my 
specific tastes were in heist movies. Um, yeah. It was a very humble breakup. <laughs> I'm dumping you, but be happy because you taught me what I really love in a exactly, person. Exactly. Exactly. I, I just don't. <laughs> no, it's fair. It's a, it's a short movie, but I just, I also realized I don't like heist movies where a large portion of it is so much of the movie is the fallout from the heist and it's the punishment of the people doing the heist for heisting. And I that's kind of against my whole, like the, and Rachel kind of talked about this before the kind of like the heist should by the nature of its own kind of production and goal should be, if not morally gray, morally somehow positive. And this, the whole movie, the end of the movie is punishment for the heist not being morally positive. Interesting. I'm going to say my, I have three. I mean, I don't really have a strong, okay. I do have one really strong feeling about my favorite movie of the bunch, but I feel really lame saying it. Cause my favorite of these heist movies was how to steal a million. It was so good. It was on my dais. I loved it so much. It was so beautiful. It was so well paced. It was but like their chemistry was so real. It was so electric. Like just like the scenes where they're like together and happy and just like so proud of themselves for being together are just like some of the most heartwarming love things I've ever seen. Like it's so great. It's certainly the best rom-com of a heist movie. It might be the best rom-com of the (laughs) rom-com movies. I might like it better. (laughs) Like I loved it. I loved it. It's the movie I want to rewatch the most. Um, yeah, the, that's definitely true. They're like, it was so much fun. It was an art heist. It was also like, you know, this like art fake. There's like these clever fake outs and twists. Like we didn't talk about that before that there is like the level of dramatic irony that is like very typical in a heist movie that there's both like a dramatic irony level. And then there's the withholding of the stuff that none of us know. Um, you know, and then the sort of like, uh, you can't quite tell what Peter O'Toole is thinking at all times, but you sort of like have to, you know, that kind of like hard to sort of track where he's at. Like, how much does he know? How much has he resigned to? Is he going to turn her in and stuff like that? Um, it's just like the first scene with her driving in that mechanic, then that comically tiny oh, car. Yeah. <laughs> into into her dad the beautiful house and then she gets oh, in with the that, yeah very charming wardrobe secret passage yeah uh, and with, Hugh Griffith is so good <laughs> yeah charming slash a little and Frankie but it's cool like <laughs> like it yeah it's just it was so it's ah. Uh, so good i mean if there's any like it's just not it's not paced like a heist movie there's so much sitting around which is great from like a romantic comedy standpoint like it's oh they're sitting literally on each other like in this tiny closet um but you know there's no sort of the like we i compared the thomas crown affair heist to a dance um if we're talking about choreography 
the heist in in uh how to steal a million is he walks out of a closet he takes the thing he walks back to the closet like it's not very yeah. choreographed um so it does lack that um which is something i do love but it is so good but i think that if i if i can't choose that or if i'm feeling like um Eh, like that's so I don't know lame. why that's a lame the girl yeah, teaches what? takes the rom-com I would say inside man second if I was trying to choice. sound cool I'd say inside man because it's just so much better directed than so many of these I think sort of in line with the Kubrick thing I think that when you're watching I think it's also just like a t- it's like when you're watching the bank job and if I'm being honest like mm. a lot of the Steven Soderbergh movies even just like tight loving direction that's just very thoughtful um is just such a f- breath of fresh air i like and, to see i like steven soderbergh direction okay i i i don't um it's just a personal preference thing i don't love the way he directs movies i don't think that he puts a lot of care into it and the same cannot be said for spike lee and it's just it's just so um so there's something so tender except for the sort of like very blunt object that that lighting is in the um confessional scenes i think that that was just like a a shitty instagram filter that was hip at the time that's i think the one off note in the production of that um it's a little long jodie foster is a little I, i'm a little like wow jodie foster you signed up for this like you're never in movies and this yeah. is such a weird flat role you know what i mean if I could swap maybe Renee Russo and jo- Jodie Foster um, to improve Thomas Crown Affair. But anyway. Oh, okay. not, yeah, to, like, not, not to ruin <laughs> in some no, way. No, I, <laughs> I just think like why, why have such a high impact person? In no, no, a- I get it. I thought you were putting, jo- putting Renee Russo into Inside Man to make it better. <laughs> no. Although I'd rather have her in Inside Man than doing the damage she's doing in Thomas Crown. Yeah, no, um, I agree. So I think that that's like another weird off note that I'm like, wow, you really want, clearly she really just wanted to work with Spike Lee and he was like, this is how you're going to be able to work with me. And she was like, cool. But um, yeah, it's a really good movie. So those are my two inside man and uh, how to steal a million, which is total recency bias. It's also the two we saw no, most recently, we but um, we yeah, watched all of these within a month though. It's not like totally. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my two, but my real one is how to steal a million. Came close for me, yeah. I it was, or the killing was ultimately going to be my clear choice. But the three swirling around in my head were that "How to Steal a Million and "Refufi." What are your thoughts on having Inside Man so high up for me that I have? Anyone disagree? No, it's really good. Okay, I really liked it. Kind of has so much of. Of what it, you want, right? It, yeah, but it also breaks a lot of the. You know so little about Clive Owen. It's all about the cat. He doesn't repeat um, himself, Sam. It's. I do. You do know that he doesn't repeat himself. He, I think that that it, it also works. For it, the fact that we have we watched eighteen heist movies in a month means that the ones that are are kind of not quite like the others benefit. And I think that mm. the inside man definitely does that because it is so different in a lot of ways. Um, 
same for how to steal a million, I think as well. Yeah. Um, and widows, which was also a high on my list. Kind I of. Really, I was just going to say, oh, sorry. It's a little bit heady and it's yeah. kind of intense. Look at the, look at the world kind of feel to it. Um, felt, I mean, another, and then some, it felt very influenced by the wire. Not to, not to bring up wire a second time, but kind of this this look at the police, the politicians, and the 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 crooks, the kind of the thieves, and like they're all they're all bad in their own way, um, and and looking at those the intersections of them as being the 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 drivers of the plot, um, I think that was appealed to me. I was just going to say, it sounds like I appreciated the heist a lot more than you did in How to Steal a Million, Rachel. I really like the the heist scene. It's most mostly really what I want from um, the heist portion of one of these movies. I want to kind of pull up a chair and get comfortable, Rififi style, and just sort of sit in it for a while. That's what kind of soured me a little bit rewatching Oceans mm. and on a lot of, and something like, um, widows where it's just so um it's so fast but i you're kind um, of holding your breath almost i want to yeah i want a little more nuance to it but i love how they just really sit in it for a while literally Um, yeah literally (laughs) and yeah i i i really appreciated that and it's the the heist the heist is really well paced for me and it's it's ultimately a movie that the Pace, pace, geez, isn't so much of a factor for me, but I, I remember we paused it 55 minutes in, and I remember thinking, this is what it means to be 55 minutes into this movie? What are we doing here? Um, but it's just, it's, it's just such a fun environment to be in. I'm not really looking at my watch or you know, um, tracking how, how time goes by, um, which is kind of, you know every save for maybe breakfast at Tiffany's kind of every Audrey Hepburn movie um, or romantic movie. I just, yeah, they're so great. Throwing a heist and and Peter O'Toole. (laughs) I think that was my first Peter. That was my first Peter O'Toole movie. Oh my God. Not my last. Sam. Sam, what's the best thing you ever saw? (laughs) I ever saw. So tantric. <laughs> I feel like I'm listening to the windmills of your mind here. I am gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna try and be cute with it. And I knew going in that it was who can try and supplant this movie as my favorite, and it's Ocean's Eleven. Oh yeah. I'm really glad you said that. I feel, and I felt good because both of you went with kind of a little slightly outside the box and older movies. It's a perfect choice. And I think I'm also just, especially relative to Rachel, I can look at things that I loved in childhood without 
I don't like complicating them as much. Um, and I can see the issues with Ocean's Eleven. Uh, but I think that it still works as why it is why I love heist movies. It is the, what I want from it's still after watching all these movies, my, what I want from a heist movie has not changed at all. Oh yeah. Um, and what I want from a heist movie is oceans 11. So I feel like that should probably be my pick. I think that the, despite when looking at it, when looking at his performances over the four movies that he was in, in, in this, in this list, George Clooney does not wow, but he and, um, he and Brad Pitt have a chemistry that I, I love watching. And mm-hmm. those two as kind of the, the, <laughs> the, the couple, like the, bride and groom of, on top of the cake and the cake is the rest of the 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 crew love that when you think kind of think about it that way that the crew is kind of it's just it's the basis and they are the stars um i think that the heist itself is fun and kind of i don't know i don't Despite the fact that I don't find the heist to be the most compelling thing, I didn't really think about it because when I thought about it, it kind of made my brain hurt. Um, it's still just the the movie that I want to watch again and again and again. Um, and I think my love for Ocean's Twelve also is partially comes from my love for Ocean's Eleven. Um, I I want to do a compliment to its sort of the heist's convolutedness. I think that a movie that has a twist that you can put in like a two second pitch, you know, like the end of Inception is like, will the top topple? Oh, like is kind of really doesn't age well beyond the initial watch. Yeah. I think if there's a series of twists that are a little convoluted, it, it helps it. I actually think that that's a good thing. So like, of course you remember the moment that you realize it was a tape. Okay, but like there are also so many other more complicated twists within that that you can't be like, it's not like spoilerable. It's not like, oh, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Yeah. Like, it's like I think that that's really good that there's these sort of jewel box of twists. It the doctor just is the boy's mom. <laughs> the doctor is the boy's mom. You know, it's just, I think that you don't want something that tight of a twist in a heist movie. I don't think that that's very fun. And I think it also works because... It, I think it, it satisfies the, if I, I'm going to watch this time and I'm not going to really be looking for the details leading up to the heist to show that this, that this is being recorded, that, that there's this kind of like second, second heist going on in the background basically, or, and still be thoroughly enjoy the movie, or you can be like, I'm going to figure out how this heist works and I think you can delve deep into the highest and be like, well, at this point, where are they actually? Like, what is going on in the real vault? What is going on in the fake vault? And it can also be satisfying. And yeah, I think that it just works on, on a lot of different levels. And I, I, 
think like the coolness and cleverness that it is trying to achieve is also like very much aided by the soundtrack. I think like for me, at least it's like an evergreen soundtrack. Um, and it pushes the movie along very well as well. I also think that as a, as like a commentary on celebrity and just like enjoying celebrity stuff, um, my hot take is that the poker scene with all of the like teen beat stars in Ocean's Eleven is better than all of the Julia Roberts stuff in Ocean's Twelve. Mm. That's fun. like it's so much better. It's and it's so much more fun and it's like so much more economical. But, but, but Ocean's but, Twelve, you have the real uh, Topher Grace scene in the hotel room, which is so funny. Hmm. Yeah, but I just love that poker scene. It's a great, it's a great poker scene. And Brad, and there's also a meta ness to like Brad Pitt being exasperated and showing them the ropes. Like he's the real, he's also the real movie star and the real actor. Like I think all of the sort of like meta celebrity narrative could have just been perfectly compressed into that. It's so chef kiss. I love that. Thank you, chef. Thank you, chef. We chef. chef. Swanye. Okay. Wonderful! Wow, we all had something different. See, this is where I get self-conscious because I feel like, oh yeah, really? The girl? The girl picked the rom-com one? Cool. It's like, oh, there's the indie film guy. Oh, there's like the classic and then there's the girl. But whatever, it's okay. I'm very glad. I know. Hey, look, we I, all I, picked I know the I girl pushed... one last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I pushed back on, on you adding How to Steal a Million late on, but it was... A wonderful movie. Thanks, Paul Schmidt. Thanks, Paul Schmidt. You're here. Shout out to Paul. Um, wonderful. So, uh, are we are we moving on to burning questions? I mean, yeah, I, I got guess, a burn. I'm feeling the burn. Was there anyone? There's nothing that like was close to being your top that we haven't discussed, really, right? No. Somewhat or almost. I don't even know if you could fairly call it peripherally. But because it's like not because of anything related to his heights, heist film status, if you can even attribute heist film status to it. But I really enjoyed Bottle Rocket. I had never seen Bottle Rocket before. And it's a good 90 minutes of my weeknight. Yeah. Luke Wilson, great hair icon. <laughs> I really like Luke Wilson in it. Um, there's something, it was a little too juvenile like obviously it's that's a Wes Anderson movie. thing <laughs> but for some reason the, the 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 lack of surreality that he usually imbues with his movies in terms of the set design and things like that sure adds a layer of suspension of disbelief that I think aids in the swallowing of his sincerity and the lack thereof in this movie just made it me feel like they were just dumb it's just so funny though because i actually feel like the set design is like the best part of that movie because there's no none of this sort of like self-referential surrealist like stupid stuff that's not like i just think that house is so perfectly designed and there are no like close-ups of a cross-section model of the of the house yeah or yeah it's just like it just doesn't seem it feels so much more purposeful and thoughtful than just like a flex, which so much of his normal production design is. 
the house is perfect. The bookstore is perfect. Like it, there, there's a lot of the motel is perfect. There's a lot of very good production design, but just not very Wes Anderson. It's like, it's like he hasn't turned inward yet. I, I just don't think I, I find that that I might agree, but I just don't think that the production design. I think the production design in his movies usually matches the tone. Mm, I see that. And this one doesn't, uh, which kind of just, yeah, it makes them, it makes the, the characters feel juvenile rather than the movie in a weird way. I or, feel like it can best be encapsulated when Owen Wilson shows up in the jumpsuit and everyone's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing in that jumpsuit? And he's like, oh no, I'm feeling self-conscious about my jumpsuit. Whether it's, if this was a Wes Anderson movie 10 years from now, he would just be wearing the jumpsuit. There would be no questions about it. Yeah. It would not be a world yeah. that questions the jumpsuit. But this is a world where he's still wearing the jumpsuit, but the world questions the jumpsuit. And it's not really, ans- it's not like, there's never an answer to it either. <laughs> no. I mean, it's just like, isn't that the character, isn't that Stiller's character in Tenenbaums? Like they're all just wearing jumpsuits for no reason. Oh my God. I think this is a great thesis of mine. I'm proud of myself on this jumpsuit thought. Mm-hmm. Um, rocket. Yeah. And along similar lines, it's it feels weird calling it a heist movie, but I love Sexy Beast. That was really fun. Yeah, that was fun. There were parts of it I really did like. Um, the beginning. I love the beginning. Oh, the yeah. rock, I think, yeah. is just like, it's so on the nose, but the rock falling down to kind of like break into his idyllic life and his idyllic pool. The rock obviously being Ben Kingsley eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of nice. The the whole like were rabbit <laughs> that constantly keeps yeah, picking yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Danny Darko. Really thing. weird. It uh, felt very. I um, don't know if I liked that or saw the point. Felt very raising Arizona to me. Mm. If you guys have seen Raising Arizona, there's that figure on the motorcycle that they cut to throughout Raising Arizona as this like sort of like ominous the ghost metaphor. Rider. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, the Ghost Rider. But, yeah. <laughs> the Ghost Rider. Um, it's a. It's a. Nick, that's technically a heist. We kind of. We kind of. We fucked up. Stumpish no. movies. That's a heist movie. If it has Nick Cage in it, we don't have to watch it. Oh my goodness! Wow, I didn't realize that my dad was on this call. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> peel off that Sam White mask. <laughs> Mission Impossible style. <laughs> But yeah, that, that was that was really fun to discover. Sexy Beast. Um, you should watch Under the Skin, Sam. It's a, his movies are really cool. Maybe. I got a lot scary. of movies to watch. I got a five movie head start on this barely. No, you do list. exactly. I don't have any. I don't have. You keep saying I. Sorry. Wow. Thanks, Sam, for standing up for your sister. Uh, let's go into burning questions. I know. Jim Rome's burning. So the first question is, what's your cruise speciality or what would your What would you be, be on the specialized crew? And the specialized crew, meaning I think the oceans might have the most number of specialized crew. Maybe oceans, a little bit of a new Italian job you could also do. Or I think honestly, like the killing has, or not the killing, the um, Rafifi has like some great prototypes. Also true. Also true. Okay. I think we you can't do this for yourself. We have to do it for each other. Oh, okay. Oh, it's cool. 
So I think that, okay, so, so let's start with Andy. Sam Andy. and Rachel. Just decide, little old me. <laughs> decide what Andy would be. Um, He's born a grease man, I'll die a grease man. <laughs> uh, my first, just this voice and kind of how he carries himself, there's a little bit of Sterling Hayden in there. I know he's going to enjoy mm. that I said that about him. Uh, he, he's not a good track record, though. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it also probably works. <laughs> um, okay, so Andy is, but Andy's natural strengths are like listening, self-reflection, and like using his introversion to his advantage. So I actually think that Andy's a Clive Owen. Almost under pressure. Calmness under pressure. Like I just think that there's like a certain like um, I, you don't like you don't like I to don't like to repeat myself. <laughs> hey, look, let's get one thing straight. I do not repeat myself. <laughs> no, there's a certain clip. Andy's very. That's clear, the tagline for the movie. <laughs> very organized. He like you're good, but you don't flaunt being good. Um. This is a high compliment because he was the number one draft pick, honey. But I think you're, a, I think you're myself. a, I think, so I guess if you were a type, you would be a morally ambiguous, but ultimately good, like, like silent leader type. If this were the newlywed game, I would have written down forger. Oh. Just, they're like counterfeiter, you know, someone like to sort of. You know, attention to detail, steady hand, good at tricking people. I don't know. Carl yeah. Reiner. You're just, a, you're just, I feel like I'm like the liar between the two of us. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. Sam Rachel. White. Rachel. Oh, me? Which one? Rachel. Okay. Do me. <laughs> Rachel is like the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> I could see uh, funny it would be Rachel and I as uh the uh the brothers in the Oceans movies. <laughs> that's lame. I was going to say Matt Damon, like the Matt Damon. Yeah, that's what Ocean's I thought movies. as well. Yeah. What is a little, like, a little, he's like the pickpocket. A little over-enthusiastic. <laughs> a little yeah. obsessed with your status in the group. to be part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon probably also didn't have friends in elementary school. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> We're really getting deep here. She's off the couch. I've been off the couch. That did not get me off the couch, to be clear. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Uh, well, he's a good talker. Not right? in the lost, not if we hit you not with the, the lost, lost in translation. translation. Not if you're wait, talking to Hagrid. Wait, what? The lost in translation in the beginning of Ocean's Twelve, uh, when he starts, Suey. he starts saying cashmere. Yes, Led Zeppelin. I guess he talks a lot. And he like thinks on his feet with his talking, which yeah. I feel like strength of mine. Yeah. Okay. Did your newlyweds newlywed game board say making whoopee? Yeah, I think I something. The boards and bases. 
I feel like I would be the person that would be told that would be somewhat the pragmatic like if you if you get into a vibe you have to vamp like I feel like I'm that person you know what I mean like you're gonna need to maybe talk yourself out of this one if it doesn't go right you might need a vamp for time you might need a whatever that's I think a good role for me I I, mostly because I don't think anyone would trust me with anything that did not allow for some amount of improvisation so yeah that's my Damon Okay. Sam, you're a Wayne Grow. <laughs> no, he's not. I got to get it on, man. <laughs> That's just what you think. That would be I your am. tagline. That'd be your tagline. <laughs> I got to get it on. No. <laughs> Look, no, no. comma, I had to get it on. <laughs> no, let's do Sam for real. Um, kind of like Luke Wilson, Bottle Rocket. Just because of my hair right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I see it. You know, it's about the relationship you're making along the way. You're very, you're very intuitive in terms of other people's feelings and moods. You're a good glue person. You're like Otto from A Fish Called Wanda, Kevin Klein. Oh no, J.K. JK LOL, JK LOL. Um, Maybe, sorry, I gotta I say I wasn't I prepared for this. Oh, you weren't prepared to no, I'm assign kidding. other people's? I would say. Okay, Sam's not gonna find this popular at all. But I think that Sam has like a Viola Davis and Widows vibe. Because here's why. Because I do think, Sam, that you could get very much down to brass tacks if necessary. That's true. You would not put, like, bonding and chumming over people above, like, their safety. True. Like, like you would not, like, have a cool crew if, you know, you'd be very, like, businesslike. Um, and you definitely would shoot what's his name if it came down to it yep like for sure you would shoot him before he shot you so yeah i'm gonna say viola davis and widows is sam's vibe andy i don't maybe it's because like smile no no i got my yucks out with uh with wayne girl I don't know. I'm having a hard time placing you within a crew and maybe that's because you work alone and you're a Thomas crown and you're just sort of in control of your own world. You got a little German woman on the side who is like, maybe your side piece, but like, just like maybe She's you have basically this very, my niece. Okay. You have <laughs> this very, no, she, I have the little German girl on the side that you Andy would constantly make fun of me for. <laughs> I saw you two dancing at the gala. <laughs> exactly. And in, Andy, in this world, you're Renee Russo. I hope you're comfortable with that. And it's, <laughs> you can't, you know, you, your uh, touch is your love language and you gotta choose between the job and, and touch. Touching Renee Russo. I choose, I touch, I choose touch every time. <laughs> oh, God. See, so yeah, I've, I've analyzed. 
a million different scenarios in parallel universes and you choose touch every time, Sam. <laughs> and we're moving on. I had to get it on, man. Is the best heist you ever saw the best movie on the list? No. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> no. Well, didn't I already say like the best job was the no, this, this would be you saying that there is just in a vacuum a better movie on the list than How to Steal a Million. Oh, no. So, yes, the best heist you ever saw is the best yes, movie on the, the list. Yes, the best heist that I ever saw yeah. is the best movie on this list. Sam, you froze? No, I don't I think thinking. I don't think oh. it is. I don't think Ocean's Eleven is the best movie on the list. Oh. What is? I think might be Inside Man. I like it. Obviously, that's my number two. Great movie. Yeah, it's probably Inside Man. It just kind of works. Inside Man to me is kind of, in, in, well, I know you guys didn't think about this, but like, I thought Long Shot was just a good movie. But we, well, I don't know, we're not going to get into that discussion again. Mm-hmm. But it just works on, on on a lot of levels. Anyway, yeah, I think Inside Man is probably my, the best movie on the list. Okay, next. What you like? What you like? Number one, lighthearted or gritty? And this is in reference to, in your heist movies, do you like smooth peanut butter or do you like chunky peanut butter? <laughs> or do you like peanut butter Daniel Kaluuya shoots in the head? <laughs> Two-piece, spicy. Um, I'm like center left with this. Left being? Lighthearted. I don't like complete camp Ooh, sorry that was a i uh i think i think it worked i think it was campy for you to have a a pop at at the end of the camp yeah i don't want to be so far into a camp hole but um to go back to the dark night i think that's really a good um sort of balance of of everything it's got the pulp of the um, sort of like the the narrative structure of of what exactly is going on and how that is revealed. Um, It's got the, obviously everything with the Joker is larger than life and over the top, but it's got some realism to it and just the aesthetic of it. Um, That to me is like my perfect um, balance of it. Heat is too far off the deep end and, and widows frankly for me too is, is a little too off the um the deep end with with um gritty and i would say the italian job the original italian job is like too far on the opposite end although i do love that ending though we haven't really talked about that that much but um the hanging off the edge of the cliff literal cliffhanger yeah yeah is um is very good so yeah, like a center left type. Just want to bring the party together. Yeah, I think I would prefer lighthearted. 
Although I think like the ultimate lighthearted is a fun heist movie. And I think that there have been many terrible heist movies that have fallen in, mm. well in said, yeah. pursuit of a fun heist movie. Um, it's, it's sort of like, you know, like imagine that there's some sort of goal, like, like, you know, a magical mountain and then scattered in is like a valley of bones of shit movies. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I think that that's, it's what I would prefer, but if you told me, like, which is more likely to be good, this grittier heist movie or this fun one, I would say probably the gritty one. But and it's like an ideal, I would prefer fun. I think, like, I think about this one less as, like, comedic and more as, like, lighthearted being, like, just the object being coolness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I have a soft spot and what might even be described as a weak spot for the coolness, which is why I have, there is a place in my heart for the new Italian job, just because it's about being about the coolness of the heist and like the actions of the individual heisters is meant to be cool. I mean, I don't find Marky Mark very cool, but that's the whole point. Um, and so, yeah, I think I definitely side on that if the spectrum is from gritty to, like, suave. I like that. Um, but you like number two, getting caught or getting away. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing something, Andy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what you like, Kinky? <laughs> okay. I personally, I'm I'm getting away, hundred times out of a hundred. Like, I I think the way I, the way I see heist movies is they need to be, they need to be morally gray enough that I that I want them to get away, and it's kind of a wish fulfillment kind of thing. That I don't like getting caught. Kinky. I've I've been I've been programmed to believe that if you if at the end of the at the end of the movie they get caught, it's some sort of failure and it's almost not worth your time. Exactly. It's this feeling of like, well, why did I just watch this if they just get caught in the end? Um I think that that's like an Ocean's Eleven Italian job is just like what based on like what you watch first. Um, I think, though, the best is the gray area of caught but not caught. Of like, so Inception, basically? You're saying the best one is Inception? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically like, so, Ocean's Eleven, right? Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is caught but not caught. I would say that, like, How to Steal a Million is caught but not caught. You know, Inside Man's caught but not caught. Like, it's like there's, like, an element of it that's well, okay, I should say Inside Man is caught but not caught in that the thing that you thought was happening doesn't happen. It's like a better, different, cooler reality. Sure. Yeah. Option so, it's door number three. Yeah. yeah, there's like yeah, there's like a third that's like the best heist movie, is that it's not, it's not like, oh, they just got away with what happened. It's like there's like this alternative. I was gonna say, like, does every heist movie need to imply a sequel? I think that there's like yes. Like a good heist movie should like have a feeling like uh-oh. What, what's the next job? That's what's the, the question. Next job? Yeah. You know, like, I think that like not that everyone needs a sequel, but I think that there's just like this like auto-generating sequel vibe that comes out of a good heist movie. 
Thomas Crown uh, Affair number three is also option number th- is door number three as well. How so that like that they that they get away with it, but well that that he he didn't actually ever like have. I guess it's the twist is option number three. Maybe it's not. I don't yeah, know. and like even um, what's the stupid J Lo one that I don't like that much? Out of sight. Out of sight is caught but not caught. Like it, there's a. Oh, I like that final scene. Yeah. You know, there's like there. It's it, the best is in between because like there's some amount of the law that's duped, but there's some amount of the law that's like not. Yeah, that's very compelling. I'm just trying to reconcile answering in the way that you've answered while still having the killing be my number one movie. Yeah, I, guess I, I just have, think, yeah. I don't know if the killing is your favorite heist movie. Can I say that? Wow. No, it totally is. I think it's just your favorite movie on the list. Maybe. No, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Um I think I think you like it for you might like it and this is I I don't want to be like saying what you, how you feel, but you might maybe you like it for very different reasons than you like most Tykes movies. Yeah. It's well because it's a burglary movie. It's not a heist movie. It doesn't romanticize. It's like the moral. Yeah. I mean, it's a heist movie, and they get caught. They get very much caught. Yeah. I think that's why I didn't like it. It's because it. I I was looking. I mean, I look at I looked at all these movies as how do how are they in terms of how I like heist movies. So anyway, Andy, you're you're processing through. No, but yeah, I guess it, we've sort of converged on the same answer that it's um something that has enough ambiguity to cause some sort of intellectual satisfaction while still making you warm and fuzzy because it's sort of like a happyish ending, like How to Steal a Million yeah. or Oceans. Yeah, I mean the last scene in Oceans is is getting out of the the prison, right? While they're being tailed. While they're being tailed, yeah. Yeah. These are good. These are good movies. I'm coming around to this whole genre a lot more. In I'm this glad. Discussion. Talking um, about something for four hours will really get your motor <laughs> running about it. Uh, should we talk about? Uh, why does Inception keep getting worse and worse as you watch it? Oh my <laughs> god. It's so bad. Every time. I thought it was a good movie when I saw it the first time. I'm yeah, never... I, was, I loved it the first time I saw it. That was a big deal. There was a distinct drop this time. Me too. Yeah. Like a plummet. The, the one thing that hit me in a way that's never... The limbo part of it, being in quarantine, was... Mm. like felt a little too on the nose. <laughs> uh, I also had uh, the one enjoyable part of watching it this, I don't know how many, maybe like my third or fourth time I've seen it um, was a new, a new kind of viewpoint on the ending, the very ending. Um, I always thought about it as it's like a cliffhanger where you're supposed to decide whether he's still in a dream or not. Yeah. Uh, but 
throughout the oh, movie, he he's so intently observing the the top and to know whether it's falling or not uh, because he's so worried about whether he's in a dream or not, even though it, at a deep, he's at a deep down level. He, I think he probably doesn't know that he's like not in a dream. He's just like, he spent so much of his life. Like he's been so many years in limbo that he is like, just can't trust himself. But that final scene he starts spinning it and his kids call out and he turns, he just turns his back on the top and it, it is no matter. longer, it no longer matters for him. And that's a mm-hmm. good, that's like a positive kind of optimistic way to view the ending because if it doesn't matter to him, it doesn't matter to us. You know, like he has achieved what he wants to achieve. He's no longer constantly on, on vigilant he's just happy and he's with his kids that he could have gotten sent to france yeah i i had a similar realization this time that the top that him walking away from it is the important part not like whether or not like we're supposed to think at the end it doesn't matter if he if it's real or if it's not real yeah which i like that i like that ending more yes Yes. But the movie I takes agree. itself so seriously. Oh my yeah, God. that's... Uh... <laughs> and all of the acting in it is so one note, except for Tom and Hardy. And he's not even doing that great in it, but you, I latch on to his performance because it's the only thing with any sort of lightheartedness in it. Well, he's the only one with a character. Yeah. It... Like, like Ariadne has a character, but it's entirely... it's It's... My, it's character is plot device. It's, oh, she's curious. So she'll ask a lot of questions. And it still doesn't make sense. Like, why Why are you so hell-bent on, like, revealing the truth about this weirdo? Like. Yeah, it's. Not what you like. It's not what, you, it's not not what, what you I like. like. <laughs> yeah. Is there any other movies that we really didn't mention Excuse? enough? Um, See, I really like that we end up kind of talking about everything without going through each one individually. I love this. I think we hit them all. Talked about everything, yeah. Yeah, I feel good about it. Especially relative to how much we enjoyed them. Yeah, I think it's a little bit glaring that the thing that got the most love, which is Out of Sight, we probably talked about the least, but I think that all of us are pretty similar on what we think about Out of Sight, and I don't particularly have anything more to say about it. I say you didn't like Out of Sight. I know I'm not that crazy about it. But I like, loved it. I loved Out of Sight. Oh, okay. I, I mean, for me, it was it was it was a romantic like thriller more than anything else. Um, and th- I thought they had very good chemistry, which is yeah, really the sexy the whole parts point. Of it. Uh, He's of really good. Man. Um, I loved um, what's his name, the Law and Order guy as her father yeah i can't think of his name but the guy who looks like geraldo yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) he Uh, looks a lot like geraldo guy i kind of i thought their relationship was just well written i thought um also just some wild wild bit parts and cameos viola davis michael keaton viola davis 
um, yeah, the Viola does part was was insane. Mm-hmm. The guy from the uh, and then obviously the Sterling K. Brown. Sterling, right? She's not. No, 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 no. I got mixed up. The guy Isaiah from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, Isaiah Washington. I got them mixed up. The good one is like the Isaiah Washington is the bad one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isaiah. Um, yeah, I, I I actually very much in, enjoyed that movie and just enjoyed the. I mean, the tone was a little was a little all over the place, but the kind of the the predominant tone when it wasn't the kind of Don Cheadle Isaiah Washington like raping someone, uh, which was kind of felt more like an outlier, um, was more lighthearted. Yeah. It's fine. I just, I, I don't know. I just didn't really see what all the this was about. I thought it was pretty poorly written. I thought the dialogue was. I didn't realize that was not. I also maybe, I didn't realize there was. I'd come into these movies with very little expectations, which might serve me mm. better. Yeah. When I, I saw that it got a screenplay nomination, I thought that it would have good dialogue. And then it had bad dialogue. So I was surprised. You should not read as much about movies before watching them. I think you, it's okay to know if they got nominated for Oscars. I guess. That's not a deep But dive. also the Oscars aren't. I don't know. I don't trust the Oscars anyway. I love the I Oscars. Wanted, I don't trust them. I wanted to know whether or not it got nominated for 100 like Years, Thomas 100 Brown. Drills. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. That's probably good on going back. I mean, we didn't really talk about the Italian job, but I don't think any, the originally Italian job, but. We talked about the last. Oh, we're going to talk about Benny Hill. Wait, what? What? We didn't talk about Benny Hill. Yeah, explain. We heard you. The. So, not Noel Coward, not Michael Caine. The. I'm trying to find appropriate ways of describing it. He's got a certain type in the movie that they use to motivate him throughout. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That also felt very Austin Powersy. The whole movie right. felt like an, a, a yeah. proto Austin Powers. Yeah. And I couldn't tell how 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 much it was how much it was an actual parody of James Bond, or how much it was a James like it was not a parody. I don't know if it was a parody. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, I didn't like that part. <laughs> That's really weird. Um. <laughs> Okay. Um, pitch me. So Andy's 11. It's 11 Benny Hills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So I've got much broader strokes this time. As I've said, uh, bunch of times already we started with thomas crown affair and i wanted so much to like it given that it's you know it's pretty innocuous and and comforting i love the whole museum setting and and the the cat and mouse and the idea of you know the push and pull between pursuing 
the cat in this case and getting away with it, but I just wanted it to be better and didn't real. So my original pitch was just going to be like Thomas crown affair, but better. And then I discovered how to steal a million, which is the Thomas (laughs) crown affair, but better. So my pitch really is just to, since we're already in this environment, um, somewhat well-known for rebooting and remaking is just a contemporary how to steal a million with just like more like slicker more modern sensibilities revolving around the heist Um, a lot of the how to steal a million heist is kind of bound by the fact that it was 19 it was the middle of the 60s so it sort of has the modern capabilities that you see in something like the heist in Ocean's Eleven, which is weird to say since that's 20 years old already, but um, seeing a heist as thoughtful as the one in How to Steal a Million, but in a modern context where there's all different variables and whatnot, and um, I think that'd be great. Maybe a little Benny Hill as well. Andy or Sam, what do you think? I, I love that idea, Andy. By the way, I similarly that should be a Netflix movie, so I, I think can watch it. At home. Another reason why I love Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, is because it's in Europe, and I love pretty much any movie that's set in Europe. Um, so I think I would do a. This is very much a combination of a lot of the movies we've saw. Something so it's set in Paris, and they're stealing something from the Louvre. Uh, I'm debating whether it should be modern day or like 70s ish set. Just describing National Treasure too, Sam. This is so unfair. <laughs> and <laughs> it's poor Andy is just hearing this. I think there's you're gonna get so angry with me. So there's maybe a curator that's like mm. on the inside without realizing she's on the inside. That one of the people in the crew is test with dealing with and they fall in love obviously uh and she eventually has had to make the decision whether to like turn them in or become part of the heist because she sees them doing something anyway and she becomes part of the heist um a little bit kind of Anne Hathaway Ocean's 80 I guess um but yeah I want and and I I also I want the heist to be, if it's modern day, I want it to be like very tactile, and like clever in a more practical way. It's not like I'm we're hacking into the computers and shit like that. It's like magnets I mean, <laughs> and stuff like that. I also yeah. really enjoy that about how to steal a million and some other i'm trying to think of other kind of stuff like that um i mean i guess the practical i mean the inside band kind of has that practicality they're just like building another wall it's like very like you can both kind of under fully understand it and also believe that it might work and that's the key so national treasure three international treasure But no Nick Cage. It's Nick Cage's son since it's like 15 years later. Bobby Cage. 
Who would play Cage's son? Okay, so mine requires a time machine. So are we cool with that? Oh, perfect. Yeah, mine had my my rom com time had a time machine in it because it was Paul Rudd and Julia Roberts, young Julia Roberts. Okay, well, mine requires a time machine just to go back to when they cast um, Thomas Crown Affair and just recast it with Kathleen Turner instead of Renee Russo. I mean, my guy. So it's not even a, you don't even need someone. No, I want it to be the exact same movie, just with Kathleen Turner. I mean, I'm not worried about the age difference. No, they're actually, they're actually Kathleen oh. Turner is very similar in age to Renee Russo. Renee Russo is older than you think she is. I just Damn, Googled you can edit it. that part out. <laughs> I just Googled it. She was born in 1954. So. Okay. She can um, name. So, because my, my original instinct was to say um, Nicole Kidman. You cast Nicole Kidman instead. But she would be very young in 99. Probably too young for that. But um, if you're doing, if you're time traveling, you can pick no, no, someone. No. I want to time travel so that I, so that at that moment. Right. Yeah. Sure. No, I get it. I get pick it. Pick someone get different. It. And I think that I want. I don't want to. I don't want to supplant it with just someone younger. That wasn't my issue. I want to supplant it with somebody better. Andy, let's not rule anything out. And the somebody <laughs> better. <laughs> and the somebody better is Kathleen Turner. I'm so glad you liked that every part of the movie you liked. I love that movie. Well, I mean, like the first 20 minutes, it feel, it's like a Christopher Columbus movie. Like down to the score. And it's it's very weird. And not in a bad way. But yeah, what a it's, it's an interesting movie. So yeah, I just think that she would be so good and she'd be so like commanding and so much more of like a form. Like she'd be so much more formidable um of an opponent uh which i feel like renee russo whenever she's like trying to sound formidable it just seems so weird she's the exact same age they have the exact same age and it would be really hot i mean it's tricky like kathleen turner was at that time like playing chandler's dad on friends yeah, i was just thinking about that so like it's clearly like not like maybe not the right time in her career. What what year did that come out? Ninety nine. Crown. So she was in Virgin Suicides in ninety nine, and I'm looking for pictures of that. Doesn't exactly match. Oh, uh, that's so annoying to me. Well, then maybe I'll have to go with Nicole Kidman. That was my other choice. But it could have just been makeup. I don't think she's right, really they meant to look good and for Virgin Suicides. Anyway. Um. I, I very much appreciate that, Rachel, because I, I agree. I think that movie would be, like, level many levels better because because of how important their relationship is with someone better in that role. Oh, it's it. She is the uh, the the four weddings and a funeral. Mm. This is the four weddings and a funeral of the heist movie. The one the one person that if we're switched out could yes. bolt, bolt this movie into the stratosphere. Totally. Agreed. We need to, we'll, we'll, we'll keep these, these people in a, in a little, we'll keep track. We have currently Renee Rousseau and uh, what's her name? Annie and McDowell. Annie McDowell. 
as the you're movie on, ruiners. Ladies, they're you're on blast on for ruining. <laughs> you're on fucking notice if you're listening. <laughs> you ruined some movies, guys. Uh, okay. Cool. Next Anything up. Else? Next up. What's next, guys? What's next? I think we've talked about it already. Teen comedies. Because it's June. Because it's June. Because some school's out. School's out for oh, summer. summer. So we're gonna do we already comedies. have a list. And he's not going to talk about what he really calls It's really fucking long. This is the same as this list. It looks really feels long. It'll it'll be two-thirds the length, too. Not, yeah, oh my goodness. Sam, like, don't even worry about it. No cow. sweat. No sweat, baby. Uh, Have we watched any of these yet? You and I, Rachel? Oh, wow, he's really overcompensating. I think, I think only... I, thought, I heard you watch them, Andy. <laughs> Hey, you are. Rachel, have you watched them as really well? Really overanalyzing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Oh, and yes. I, I, I can't overanalyze anything? Is that sure. the rule? No, I mean, <laughs> if anyone is the person in this household who has the propensity to act like they're doing something by themselves is not Andy. So, uh, let's be real. Oh, no. It's not, a, it's, it's not a legitimate criticism for Andy. Um, so thanks, okay. for, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. For this episode two... The best thing you ever saw. Episode two, which is probably really going to be episode four, because we're going to break them up. Episode three and four. Episode three and four. Um, it's been a pleasure. Let us know um, other genres you'd like to see. <laughs> yes. If you well, live after, in, in, <laughs> in the comments, please put in the comments below any ideas after you, you have. After you smash like and subscribe, let us know. <laughs> smash you live in the, you have in the greater North Shore them. area. <laughs> Please let us know what. Yeah. <laughs> if you are. What genres you want to hear next? Our demo is people who zoom with my mom. Then, yeah, let us know. <laughs> and that's the end of the heist episode of Best Thing I Ever Saw. Thank you to Dylan Stratton for our theme music and Leah Sardarian for our logo. In the coming weeks. You'll be able to hear our thoughts on teen comedies in the next episode. Ben, thanks for listening. <laughs>